In this session, we're continuing to look at the concept of shame. Remember, I call it my mathematical formula. Shame plus narcissism equals sex addiction. Shame is such a big component in keeping sex addiction in place. Shame is going to fight you when you try to talk about the behaviours with someone else. For example, a 12 steps group, a support group. Shame is going to tell you you don't need to attend such a group, they're different to you. You can avoid it. Actually, it's really, really important you don't try and do this recovery process on your own and become an island. It really is important that you share the behaviours with other people, but importantly, it must be the right type of individuals that you share it with, because if you share it with the wrong individuals, it will cause increased shame and regret on your part. So I will guide you as to the most appropriate individuals that you really should be sharing the behaviors with. But let's continue in with what we were looking at um, around shame. I want to read you just a snippet of a book written by somebody called Brené Brown, B-R-E-N-E, Brené Brown. You will find a lot of her material on YouTube. Also, her books, numerous books that she's written. This particular book, it's called The Gifts of Imperfection. And there's a, a chapter in there around, uh, called Shame and Compassion. I'm reading a portion from that book on page nine. When the shame winds are whipping all around me, it's almost impossible to hold on to any perspective or to recall anything good about myself. I went right into the bad self-talk of, God, I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? The greatest gifts of having done this work, and she's a research um, individual that has looked into shame and empathy, and the greatest gift that she says in having researched this area of shame and empathy over a lot of years in the USA is that I can recognize shame when it's happening to her. First, I know my physical symptoms of shame, the dry mouth, time slowing down, tunnel vision, hot face, racing heart. I know that playing the painful slow motion reel over and over in my head is a warning sign. I also know that the very best thing to do when this is happening feels totally counterintuitive. Practice courage and reach out. We have to own our story and share it with someone who has earned the right to hear it. Someone whom we can count on to respond with compassion. We need courage, compassion, and connection as soon as possible. Hence the reason for the support groups, the 12 steps groups. I run an online support group, which you can access by contacting me. It's always limited to um, just maybe four to six individuals where we meet on a weekly basis. Some groups 
on a fortnightly basis, you can access those groups. Just contact me, send me a message. Let me read you a little bit more from another article. It's called Giving Shame a Spring Clean by somebody called Margaret Ringwood. Shame is like dust. It will settle anywhere. It gathers in layers and goes unnoticed until the particles dance in a shaft of light or the wipe of a cloth reveals it. There is always more. But shame is the messenger, not the villain. It brings into awareness what is right. It twins itself to negative emotions. Shame and rage, or shame and jealousy, or shame and self-loathing. Guilt, fear, dread. But shame is also a source of safety, a survival resource. It's a neurobiological regulator. And that reminds me, in fact, of the difference that some people like to use around healthy shame and toxic shame. There is such a thing some people believe as healthy shame. How does that go? Remember, most of the time when we are talking about shame in the context of sex addiction, we're always talking about toxic shame or unhealthy shame. But there is something called healthy shame, is there? Does that exist? Is it possible to have healthy shame? Some people say that it's possible. Healthy shame is something about necessary to regulate us and keep us within boundaries. For example, it would be inappropriate for you or I to strip off all of our clothes and go running around outside without any clothes on. Sounds very strange, but the point is, there's something about healthy shame that keeps us within boundaries. And some people will say that we all of us need to have a level of healthy shame to keep us within those parameters. Not entirely sure about that, but I can't really recognize any type of shame as being good and useful. But there's the concept, you hold on to that if it helps you. But we're always really talking about toxic shame and unhealthy shame, and that's never a good thing but so often it does get set up in childhood. And that's why the shame works, shame exercise that you'll be doing within this session is a part of identifying how did shame get set up in your life. Now I'm gonna attach various articles to this particular session and, and the session before where we looked at um, the beginnings of, of shame. There's one about the paradox of shame and recognizing that shame arises in lots of different areas of life and not just in the sex addiction arena.